Hello, welcome. Thank you for joining this uh, broadcast. My name is Davis Bamigoy. I'm going to be uh, giving an introduction into what we call the Throne Life Summonet. So when we talk about the Throne Life, what do we really mean by the Throne Life? Well, before we can talk about the Throne Life, we must of, of a necessity talk about what a throne means. What is the throne? The throne is derived from the Greek word thronos. Thronos, which according to the Strong's Concordance means a king's throne or a king's seat. Or it could also mean power, dominion of a potentate. Essentially, when we talk about a throne, we're talking about the kingly power or someone who holds dominion or someone who exercises authority. So essentially, the throne, therefore, is a seat of authority. It's a seat of a state having a full stool. So you can imagine you have a king who is sitting down and he has a full stool under his feet. So he's sitting on a throne, but he has a seat, a full stool under, under him, him or her, or her, you know, because it could be a queen as well. But the key thing here is that when we look at it in the modern day parlance, it will be a picture of a queen or a picture of a king that has got the kingly power or someone who is of a royal blood or a royalty. That person exercises dominion or authority over a particular realm. Another way to look at it is when you imagine a tribunal or a bench of judges who are seated in a particular position to dispense judgment. So essentially, you're looking at a picture of authority here. Now, when we talk about Jesus Christ, we're talking about the fact that the throne of Christ is that place which suggests the divine power that belongs to Christ. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8, in the Berean study Bible, it says, But about the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever, and justice is a scepter of your kingdom. So this is God now saying Jesus is a God who has a throne, which means Jesus is a God who has a dominion, an authority, a realm. And when we think about God sitting on a throne, we are essentially saying God is the governor of the universe. So what is the throne life? Well, the throne life essentially means a life that is therefore characterized by the demonstration of that authority. Is a life of someone who is seated in a position of authority. Is a life of someone who is in control, who is overshadowing or ruling over the affairs of life. So it's to so have a rulership in the affairs of life. It means living a life as one who is seated on the throne as one who has authority. So why do you need to understand the throne life? What does it matter to you or why does it matter to you? Well, the good news is because Christ has called you to share in that authority that he has, not in the, in the future, not in the world to come, but in the now. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, I'm reading the Weymouth New Testament Bible. It says, God raised us up with him from the dead and God enthroned us with him in the heavenly realms as being in Christ Jesus. I hope you got that. Essentially saying we were raised up with him from the dead and we were enthroned with Jesus in the heavenly realms 
as being in Christ Jesus. I know I've spoken to uh, people before and they say it would be it's talking about the heavenly realms, therefore it is not on the earth. But do you know that today, if you are born again, your spirit man is the one that is seated with Christ in the heavenly man, the heavenly realm, and your spirit man is the real you. The body that you have today is just a coat, it's just uh, a garment that you wear. That does not define the real you. The real you that God really deals with is spirit, is the one, is that spirit that you have inside of you. So I ask you this pertinent question How might your life change if you know and if you accept and if you appropriate the throne life that Christ shares with you? Ephesians 2 6 says God already raised us up together with Christ in the heavenly realms. So our spirit man is already raised up with Jesus in the realm of the spirit. Which means if I want to look at life from the realm of the spirit, I must go into my heart. I must go into my into the real me, the spirit of, of God living inside of me. And I must view life or perceive life or pursue life or ad address life from that point of view. So how will your perception change? Um, when you face challenges, you know, if you look at things as one, someone who is seated in the heavenly realm, how will you perceive your challenges if you can view that, view that same challenge, that those challenges with the eyes of a king? What will happen to you if indeed you see yourself as living from the realm of the heavenly places or if you see yourself living as a king who has authority? The Troll Life series or the Troll Life series of Salmonet, they are not exhaustive. They are just pointers that are created to challenge us to think more and deep dive with God so that we can embrace our inheritance in Jesus. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 to 21, the Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will eat with him and I will, he will eat with me. Verse 21, he who overcomes is victorious. I will grant him to sit beside me on my throne as I myself overcame was victorious and sat down beside my father on his throne. So this is Jesus Christ speaking. He was speaking here to the church in Laodicea and he was talking to them about the fact that they thought that because they were wealthy, they were rich and therefore they don't need God. And remember, he's talking to believers here. He doesn't say, look, you think you're rich, but you're actually poor. Because what is more important is for you to listen, to hear, listen, and to heed my voice. And then when you are victorious, I will give you to share in my throne. Now, if you compare this to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, which says, Christ already raised us up together in the heavenly places. You see that Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Because he said, he said here in Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, that he will grant us to sit beside him at his throne, the same way he was victorious and sat down beside the Father on his throne. So what does it mean to be an overcomer? What does it mean to be a victorious person? Well, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 to 5 says, For everyone who is born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. Which means if you are born again, you are already victorious. You are already an overcomer. But is that what we experience in day-to-day -day life? Are we really experiencing the overcoming life of Christ in everyday life? If, if, the, if you answer that question honestly, you will realize that even though this is what the Bible says, this is what it says we are already overcomers, at times we appear as if we are not overcoming in certain areas of life. Why is that? 
Look, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 to 5, it says, The victory that has conquered and overcome the world is our continuous, persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. So God is saying here, the only way to be, to experience an overcoming life is to continuously, to be presently, be in, to have your faith in Jesus, the Son of God. Now, faith is a big word. Faith, we have been told different things what faith is. But guess what? Recently, I was having a chat with my wife and we're believing God for something. And I said, when I received the promise of that which I was praying for, there is a way I felt compared to when I was praying for it and I have not received the promise. So therefore, faith is evidence of things hoped for. When you're hoping for something until you receive an evidence that you have received that thing, your faith is ineffective. So here, when the Bible talks about the fact that we have faith in the Son of God, and we have faith in the Son of God, that we are conquerors, it's basically saying there is a way you feel, there is a way you walk, there's an, a way of life that you have that gives you an overcoming stance against the, against the affairs of life, which means that when things come against you, there's a way, there's a, there's a mindset, there's a way of thinking, there's a way that you feel that gives you the boldness to know that you are going to overcome essentially when you go into a battle because christ already conquered the battle for you you are fighting a battle that is already won let me ask you the question if you were to go to a battle and you already know the end of that battle will you not be confident in going to the battle of course you will because you know that the battle has already won now in verse 5 first john chapter 5 5 verse 5 says, Who is the one who is victorious and overcomes the world? It is the one who believes and recognizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. So essentially he's saying, you must change your belief system. You must change your perception. That is what recognize means. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. When you change your belief system, what you believe about him being the Son of God, what you perceive him being a son of God in every situation and when you see yourself as somebody who is seated together already with him in the heavenly places then you can face the affairs of life with boldness knowing fully well that the end is already determined so the throne life mentality or the throne life attitude essentially is the one that believes and recognizes and perceive life perceives life from the point of view of a kingly authority you face a challenge of life you go back into your inner man into your real self and you say no i am more than conqueror through christ who loves me and you ponder that reality to the point where it creates a feeling in your body um, um, and then you can charge charge at that institution of life and you can know that you can conquer as we round up i have got two stories here that i want to share with you and i hope it will bless you a lot the first story is uh, again i don't know whether these, these stories are correct um they are fact or they are myth but it it adds value to what i am trying to share with you the first version of the story here says that there was a baby eagle that became orphaned when something happened to his parent he glided down to the ground from his nest but was not yet able to fly a man picked him up. The man took him to a farmer and said, This is a special kind of barnyard chicken that will grow up big. The farmer said, Don't look like no barnyard chicken to me. Oh, yes, it is. You'll be glad to own it. The farmer took the baby eagle and placed it with his chickens. The baby eagle learned to imitate the chickens. He could scratch the ground for grubs and worms too. He grew up thinking he was a chicken. Then one day, 
An eagle flew over the barnyard. The eagle looked up and wondered, what kind of animal is that? How graceful, how powerful, how free it is. Then he asked another chicken, what is that? The chicken replied, oh, that's an eagle. But don't worry yourself about that. You will never be able to fly like that. And the eagle went back to scratching the ground. He continued to behave like the chicken he thought he was. Finally, he died, never knowing that there was a grand life that, he could have, that could have been his, the grand life of an eagle. Now, let's look at another version of that same story. There was a fable. It's told about an eagle who thought he was a chicken. When the eagle was very small, he fell from the safety of his nest. A chicken farmer found the eagle, brought him to the farm, and raised him in a chicken coop among his many chickens. The eagle grew up doing what chickens do, living like a chicken and believing he was a chicken. A naturalist came to the chicken farm to see if what he had heard about an eagle acting like a chicken was really true. He knew that an eagle is king of the sky. He was surprised to see the eagle strutting around the chicken coop, pecking at the ground and acting very much like a chicken. The farmer explained to the naturalist that this bird was no longer an eagle. He was now a chicken because he had been trained to be a chicken and he believed that he was a chicken. The naturalist knew there was more to this great bird than his actions showed as he pretended to be a chicken. He was born an eagle and had the art of an eagle, and nothing could change that. The man lifted the eagle onto the fence around the chicken coop and said, Eagle, thou art an eagle, stretch forth your wings and fly. The eagle moved slightly in only to look at the man, then he glanced down at his home among the chickens in the chicken coop where he was comfortable. He jumped off the fence and continued doing what chickens do. The farmer was satisfied. I told you, he was a chicken, he said. The naturalist returned the next day and tried again to convince the farmer and the eagle that the eagle was born for something greater. He took the eagle to the top of the farmhouse and spoke to him. Eagle, thou art an eagle, thou dost belong to the sky and not to the earth. Stretch forth your wings and fly. The large bird looked at the man, then again down in a chicken coop. He jumped from the man's hands onto the roof of the farmhouse. Knowing what eagles are really about, they naturally asked the farmer to let him try one more time. He would return the next day and prove that this bird was an eagle. The farmer convinced the farmer convinced otherwise, said it is a chicken. The naturalist returned the next morning to the chicken farm and took the eagle and the farmer some distance away to the foot of a high mountain. They could not see the farm nor the chicken coop from this new setting. The man held the eagle on his arm and pointed out into the sky where the bright sun was beckoning above. He spoke, Eagle, thou art an eagle. Thou thus belong to the sky and not to the earth. Stretch forth your wings now and fly. This time, the eagle stared skyward into the bright sun, straightened his large body and stretched his massive wings. His wings moved slowly at first, then surely and powerfully. With the mighty screech of an eagle, he flew. Now, this story was adapted from the, from the book by Jamie Glenn, which is, um, the, the book is titled In Walk, In Walk Tall, You Are a Daughter of God. Now, the, the whole point about the throne life as a roundup in this introduction is essentially that over the next couple of days, we're going to be sharing 
salient truth about how you belong to the throne room, how you need to see yourself as a king's child, as someone who um, has been raised together and made to sit together with Christ in the heavenly places. And therefore, when you face challenges of life, you must go back into your heart and see yourself in your imagination as somebody who is already seated with Christ in the heavenly places. From this vantage point in the heavenly realms, you are able to overcome any challenges that may come across your path. All right. So that's what the throne life is all about. I hope that has been a blessing. All right. So again, remember, take the truth every day that it will be shared ponder on it let it go deep in your heart it is going to some of, some of the truths will ruffle your feathers some of the truths will challenge you some of the truth might sound as heresy but as you study the bible as you study the word of god as you ponder as you hear listen and heed the voice of god you know as he as he told us in that revelation chapter 3 verse 20 to 21 then you begin to see that there will be a paradigm shift there'll be a change in your life and you can begin to soar high as someone who is truly seated with christ in the heavenly places I'll speak to you tomorrow. God bless.